0: Putin is banking on the United States failing to deliver for Ukraine. We must, we must, we must prove him wrong.
1: That is President Joe Biden announcing two hundred million dollars in aid for Ukraine as Volodymyr Zelensky met uh, with those in Washington, D.C. yesterday. Also, President Biden made some critical comments of Bibi Netanyahu and Israel's conduct in Gaza. And to join us uh, join us to discuss that is Linda Kenyon, CBS reporter. Reporter Linda, thank you so much for joining us.
2: Well, thank you. Happy to be here.
1: So the $200 million in aid for Ukraine, that has uh, Biden announced that that will move forward. Where are we with furthering our funding of the war in Ukraine?
2: Well, the $200 million was from previous uh, previously approved funds. The White House and uh, the spokesman for the National Security Council, Admiral John Kirby, has told us, Uh, repeatedly that they're running out of runway, his words, when it comes to any further funding. And that's why they need Congress to approve the president's emergency supplemental budget request, which includes funding for Ukraine in its war, uh, against Russia, funding for Israel in its war against Hamas, funding for Taiwan and the Indo Pacific region due to threats from China, and also $6 billion for U.S. border security. Now, Republicans in Congress have all said they support Ukraine, but only to a certain point. They say that before they worry about security overseas, they need to worry about security here at home. And they want more than just the six billion that President Biden put in the border security request. They want changes in border policy. In other words, immigration reform. And that is what has slowed down the process and uh, basically led the Ukrainian president Volodymyr Zelensky to come to Capitol Hill and to the White House yesterday and say, hey, we need your help now, because if we don't help us, Russia's going to overrun us and uh, mindful that there's going to be a deadline here because Congress wants to get out of town until January uh, by the end of this week. So if they don't move fast, they either do one of two things. They punt till January or they stay in town a little bit longer to get it done.
3: CBS News reporter Linda Kenyon is our guest. Uh, the, we've had our gaze so focused on Gaza for the last six weeks that we've not really seen or heard or read a lot about what's happening in Ukraine. Now I know it's uh, cold there now. Things are kind of bogged to a, you know a halt. But the Ukrainian counteroffensive I think was less effective than many of us hoped it would be. Uh, what is there an end let's let's assume US aid continues and European aid continues. What's the end game of this thing likely to look like?
2: See, that's a very hard question to answer because it's it's difficult to see uh, how Ukraine can continue to repel Russian advances without help from international aid, but Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky, who was at the White House and on Capitol Hill yesterday, did say that uh, that Ukraine has managed to take back 50 percent of the territory that Russia uh, took during the war so far and uh, that Russia is still uh, trying to, uh, you know, uh, defeat Ukraine. But the major concern right now is that Russia is going to take advantage of the cold winter months and start targeting again civilian areas, most essentially the energy infrastructure, knocking out heat and electricity for the Ukrainian civilians during the cold winter months. Russia did it last winter. Ukraine was able to rebuild very, very quickly. Uh, but, you know, there's a limit to its powers, I suppose. And so uh, will it be able to do so again? So the end game, if uh, you ask uh, Zelensky uh, it's to uh, repel Russia and make sure they never come back again. Uh, if you ask Russia, uh, they have made it very clear. That Putin wants to take over Ukraine and that uh, he may not stop there. The concern is that he could go into the surrounding NATO nations. And that becomes a real problem for the United States because the United States is a NATO member. And if Russia attacks any NATO nations, the U.S. is obligated to help defend those NATO nations and vice versa. So the president and Vladimir Zelensky made the case yesterday that if Republicans, do not approve this funding on Capitol Hill, now we could eventually see U.S. boots on the ground fighting Russian troops on the ground, which is something nobody wants to see.
1: Well, Speaking of end games, when you look at the GOP pushback to continuing to send funds to Ukraine, they are couching it as a... Uh, a zero-sum contest with our own border and you want immigration policy to change. We need to secure our own border. Well, let's say 2024 sees a shift in who's in control in the White House or even in Congress and you have Republicans in control. Let's say they're able to close the border uh, more, or put, you know, put in more stringent policies. I don't see them suddenly jumping on the Ukraine bandwagon. It, it, the arguments made by the Republicans seem... To be just, they want to become increasingly uh, isolationist, especially as the party continues has continues to have stronger currents in the populist and isolationist way.
2: Yeah, there is a lot of movement in that direction. Uh, I will say that Republicans have made a very cogent argument, saying. We cannot worry about security everywhere else until we deal with security here at home, and that means the southern border. But if they are couching it in terms of demanding immigration policy changes, uh, this has been a very, very difficult subject for several administrations. And the president says he's willing to talk about that. He wants to negotiate. But, you know, if Republicans are not willing or not able to to deal with this issue themselves— and again, uh, to answer a, a, a very difficult uh, question with many different angles uh, that have not been uh, answered in many, many years, uh, then they're at a standstill on immigration policy. If a Republican administration comes in then uh, and a Republican-controlled Congress is in charge, then Ukraine may be facing some serious difficulties uh, when it comes to trying to repel Russia and again, the threat is uh, right now there have been no U.S. troops involved in the day-to-day fighting, uh, and the United States would like to keep it that way.
3: Yes, shifting our focus now back to Israel, the president made remarks yesterday, uh, I would argue, critical of Benjamin Netanyahu, uh, critical of the way Israel is prosecuting Uh, its war against Hamas. Is this, uh, are we witnessing a shift in policy from the White House as it relates to Israel right now?
2: Well, the president was at a, uh, a Democratic fundraiser yesterday, uh during in washington dc and during that fundraiser he did make some critical remarks he did however say that the u.s stands by israel but president biden and israeli prime minister benjamin netanyahu have known each other for a very very long time they have been friends for a long time but they are not shy about criticizing each other and biden has become more critical of he says his friend Bibi, and he says that uh, one of the things that has to change in Israel is that the U.S. is demanding that there be no indiscriminate bombing of Gaza's Palestinian civilians. And uh, at the same time, however, he does acknowledge that uh, BB is in a bit of a bind because of the Hamas uh, terrorists are embedded within the civilian population. So it's kind of a lose-lose situation. He's also said that the international community is starting to uh, lose its support for Israel because thousands of Palestinian civilians have been killed since Hamas attacked Israel on October 7th. But as National Security Council spokesman uh, John Kirby has told us, uh, Admiral Kirby has said, everybody seems to forget, this is his words, not mine, everybody seems to forget what happened on October 7th and, and the Uh, The Hamas attack on Israel and uh, what it did to the civilian population there. And he also says everybody seems to forget the fact that Hamas has said and is expected to carry out its promise that it will attack again and again and again. So Israel's plan to eradicate Hamas uh, seems to be a good strategy for Israel, given the threat under which it is living.
1: How significant is the phrase indiscriminate bombing that Biden was basically accusing Israel of, you know, having indiscriminate bombing, engaging in that, that support was softening because of that, which seems to be almost a 180 from the United States previous narrative saying hey we support israel they have to use surgical precision they have to take as much caution as possible to limit the number of civilian casualties but always acknowledging that hamas creates military bases uh, where they're shooting off missiles in densely populated areas in gaza or in hospitals or mosques but this seemed like a 180 saying yep israel you're doing exactly what everyone said you're doing you're just bombing indiscriminately
2: yeah, it's a pretty strong statement, and it could be very damaging to Israel. Uh, but the president also uh, made sure to say on the other uh, side of the phrase that, uh, that the U.S. still stands by Israel and fully acknowledges that Hamas will attack again and again unless it's eradicated. The problem, and the White House has brought this up as well, is not only the deaths of Palestinian civilians in large, large numbers, But the problem is that uh, if you eradicate Hamas, uh, somebody else, some other organization, some terrorist organization that also hates Israel is likely to take its place to fill that vacuum. And or a lot of the very young people right now who are, being uh, affected by the Israeli bombing, you know, young men, young young boys will grow up to hate Israel. And so you are uh, in a situation now where you're raising a, another generation of people who would want to attack Israel. So Israel is, is a bit of an island unto itself surrounded by enemies. And uh, there have been a lot of allegations from a lot of the Arab nations saying that Israel is a bully. But then, as Admiral Kirby pointed out to us uh, in the White House briefing room, look at the map. Look at Israel. It's surrounded by enemies. So which one is the bully?
1: Linda Kenya, CBS News reporter. Linda, thank you so much for your time this morning.
2: Thank you. You all
1: have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too.